the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, and you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Living life like it matters. And today, I'm going to ask a very personal question. What is the purpose of your life? Why do you do what you do? At the end of your life, how will you know if you've been successful or not? You see, ladies and gentlemen, these are key questions if you're going to live a purpose-driven life. And at Like It Matters, our motto is, when you live your life like it matters, it does. And the key to life is figuring out your it. You know, I've heard it said that the highest calling in life is full-time ministry. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, in my opinion, that is a lie. The highest calling in life is to live the calling of God on your life. The highest calling of life is figuring out your it. What is the purpose of your life? Because when you live your life like it matters, it does. Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, that it is so important. That it is different for John and it's different for me. Now, there might be similarities in my producer's purpose, right? And there might be differences. We might both be Christians and want to serve God, but the way we do it, our gifts, our talents, our trauma, our drama, our pain from the past is different. So we formulate it a little bit different. And what we got to do is figure out what is our it in life. I've shared this story before, but it's a powerful story. You know, over a hundred years ago, a man was sitting at breakfast, having some coffee, some orange juice, and looking at the morning newspaper, like many people do every single day, decade after decade, century after century. However, as he was reading the morning newspaper, he gasps because to his surprise, to his horror, he actually read his own name. <gasps> In the obituary column. Now, could you imagine what that'd be like? You turn the obituaries, and there you are, and you're reading about yourself. I mean, talk about the Twilight Zone, right? So the newspaper had reported the death of the wrong person by mistake. It was actually uh, a relative of his. But as he's reading this, his first response was what yours and mine would be was pure shock. Am I here or am I there? <laughs> am I alive or am I dead? Am I having an out-of-body experience? Or am I dreaming? Right? We would question a lot of things. However, after you know questioning himself, he regained his composure. His second thought was to find out 
Well, if people think I'm not here, right? I mean, what would people say about me? This is a great, great exercise. I do this on a regular basis. You know, if today was my last day and I was to die and people would be honest, what would they say about me? I think that's a, that's a healthy examination. So he read his obituary, and here's what he read. Quote, Dynamite King dies. And also, uh, another one, it was, quote, he was the merchant of death. See, this man was the inventor of dynamite, right? Yeah, dynamite. And when he read the words merchant of death, he asked himself a question. Is this how I'm going to be remembered? Is this what my life was all about? Was this the purpose of my life? And that that drove him crazy. He really got real downtrodden. He got in touch with his feelings, and he made a decision that day. He drew a line in the sand that this was not how it was going to end. This was not the last sentence of his story. This is not how he will be remembered. And from that day on, he started working towards peace. His name? Alfred Nobel. Today he's remembered by a great prize, right? Remember Obama got one before he ever did anything? (laughs) He's elected. And Trump got nominated for four of them. And, of course, they would never give it to him. But his name was Alfred Nobel, and he is remembered today by the Nobel Peace Prize. And just as Alfred Nobel got in touch with his feelings and redefined his values, we should all do the same thing. Not because we read about our fake death in obituary, because we have a purpose. And that purpose is it, the IT. And so we're called to live an examined life. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. And who was, I think it was Aristotle or Socrates that said, an examined life is a life not worth living. An unexamined life is a life not worth living. We've got to examine our life. Because how else will we know what our legacy is going to be? How else can we answer the question, why are you here? What is your it? And if you don't know what your it is, then how much time did you spend on it versus the other stuff that is frivolous, that is temporal, and that is not it? When you're committed to it, when you focus on it, your life becomes about it. And the key is, what is it? You know, I think it's uh, ironic, you know, if you read the book of Exodus, uh, the, where Moses left, uh, led about two million people out of the most powerful army of the world, of Egypt. It's kind of like what we did the Taliban, right? We handed over everything to the Taliban. We gave them billions of dollars worth of equipment. We let them do security for our forces. We gave them everything, right? We, we just wanted them out of here. So the same type of thing, right? And uh, the the Egyptians just wanted the Jews, get out of here, take our stuff, just leave. You've been nothing but a pain. That's basically what we did the Taliban. We gave them billions of dollars of equipment. We let them slaughter our soldiers. We kept Americans abandoned there, and we let Christians being raped and killed and beheaded. Uh, because just like the, the Egyptians, uh, America just wanted out. Joe Biden didn't care the cost. And if you think about it, those 2 million people spent 40 years in the desert. And they were fed by this thing called manna. Now, why do I bring up that? 
because manna is interesting. Because if you go back to the original language of Hebrew, you know what manna, what it means? It means what is it? What is it? It was like coriander-like wafers, kind of like you'd get at communion, those little, those little crackers, those little wafers. Uh, and every morning they'd get up and there'd be these, this manna all over the ground. Uh, and then God said, listen, he had a formula for depending on how many kids and how many people in your family. He said, only take enough for each day. And those that took more than they were supposed to, in the morning it was rotted. But God did say, on the Sabbath, take a double portion. And on the Sabbath, when they woke up the next morning with their lot there, with their portion there that they'd got the day before, it was fine. It was not rotted. But I find it interesting because what is it is something that came from heaven. What is it? And so today, I'm going to ask you that question. Now, I'm not going to feed you with manna from heaven Although the good book does say that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so the good news about those of you that listen to Like It Matters Radio, you know you get psychological, you get biological, you get physiological, you get leadership, and you get theological. I wrap it up. And we got to know what it is. What are you willing to give your life for? You know, you can look at people like Polycarp, you know, the, uh, the martyrs. And they gave their life for their faith in God. Some people give their life. These soldiers in Afghanistan gave their life defending their country. Mother Teresa gave her life supporting the poor. Jesus Christ gave his life so that none might perish. And today I'm going to ask you the same question. What are you giving your life for? What is the purpose of... Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again? Because when you live your life like it matters, it does. And today, let's define it. I am black. We'll be right back. It's real complicated. It's incredibly complicated. It's just ridiculous. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. 
right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think now, especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue, and Dynavite has helped tremendously in our house with that. I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and I ordered it and tried it, and it worked. The Dynavite, the being at home, working with them, they all love it. Me and Chewy are together 24-7. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with, isn't it? And what's it seems weird and scary to me. It'll happen to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Simpson and Mr. Black are on the same page, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I'm asking the question on Like It Matters Radio, living life like it matters. What is your it? No, I'm not talking about the freaky, scary clown that butchers up little children. Can you believe that? Boy, that kind of that that movie kind of damaged it, the word "it" for a long time, right? And by the way, I like the original "it." Uh, it was scary. Uh, it was not gory, but really scary. Freaked me out. Uh, there's no way I would watch that new thing, that new movie. It. Oh my gosh, I don't like to be scared like that. So uh, today we're asking, what is your it? Uh, and when I say it, I'm going back to our motto at Like It Matters. When you live your life like it matters, it does. And inside that statement, the word it is there twice. Now, you got to understand words because words are the structure of communication. And all relationships have a foundation of communication. If your relationship is not as good as you want it to be, I don't care what relationship it is, uh, it's because the level of communication uh, is not where it should be. That's just a sad reality. You know, and if your relationship with God uh, is not where you want it to be, might I suggest the same thing. It's your level of communication. And how do you communicate with God? Well, first of all, in prayer, right? So we pray, uh, and then we read his word because his word is an instruction manual. His word is Jesus. That's what the word of God is. Uh, and in prayer, it's not just talking to God, it's listening to God. And some of us, including me, and I, my hand's raised right now, if you could see me on Facebook Live, which you can't, my hand's fully in the air. Because a lot of us are so busy talking that we have a hard time listening. 
Uh, and we need to be able to listen. And so the foundation for all relationships is communication. And so you got to understand about words. You know, words can be multiple defined. Uh, you know, the, the most defined words in the English dictionary is the word set. At least it was a few years ago. It might be different now, but it was. Uh, S-E-T, a three-letter word. Uh, over 400 variations. You know, we talk all the time about the word love, you know, and uh, you read the Bible, you hear all about love. And I can tell you, I love chocolate pudding. I'm not carrying 70 extra pounds because I don't love dessert. I love ice cream. I love cake. Uh, and if I ate what I wanted, I'd weigh 400 pounds, not 260. Right? <laughs> but yeah, hey, stop that, John. <laughs> right? Uh, and so you got to know, but love, you know, I, I love chocolate pudding. I love uh, Rocky Road ice cream. I love my cat, Susan. I love my wife, Valerie. Uh, I love doing this radio show. I love John. Uh, I love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. And those are all different loves, nothing personal. Uh, but I love my wife much different than I love John, my producer. Nothing personal. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, John. But I'm just saying, just not my cup of tea. Uh, and I should love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my might, much different than I love my cat, Susan. Amen. But we use the same word, love. And in the Greek, which is where the New Testament was written in, you can, the words like agape uh, and phileo uh, and eros and storge, uh, all words that are translated love, but they're different love. It's like the, uh, the Eskimos are said to have like a hundred different words for snow. Uh, and, you know, uh, Minneapolis, you guys are probably the same way. You probably have 15, 20 different words for snow because there's a lot of snow up there. But so we got to realize that when we use words that they can mean different things. So there's a group of words uh, called nominalizations. And I talk about these, and this is important because nominalizations is all about self-definition. Uh, what difference a nominalization between a, from a regular generalization is you cannot put a normalization in a wheelbarrow. So you cannot put love in a wheelbarrow. Uh, you cannot put success in a wheelbarrow. What? It is one of those things that is self-defined. You have to define it yourself. You put on the parameters of it. You put on, uh, you, you create the box that that word is defined in. See, success, I mean, nothing better uh, to see the difference in words that you look at America today. Uh, and you got half the country that believe one way and half the country that believe another way. Now, you could look at the same exact thing, and one person says it's really good, and one person says it's really bad. I mean, it's stunning. Uh, I, I believe that Donald Trump was a good president, uh, not a great man, a, go a good man. I thought he was the right president at the right time, and he, sh he was reelected. He should be president right now. Uh, but, you know, you got other people that you say Donald Trump, and they freak out. They have pictures of Hitler. They have. Uh, they think of a guy who's you know peeing. All uh, people are peeing on him, and he's a Russian spy, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and yet we all say the same thing. So it's like Trump. Now you can put Donald Trump in a wheelbarrow. So Donald Trump would not be a nominalization. But you cannot, and I would never put Donald Trump in a wheelbarrow. He would never allow me, and Secret Service would never let me get that close to him to put not him in a wheelbarrow. It ain't going to do it. Wouldn't it be prudent, right? But you got to know that words are like that. So success, you know, 
Um, success, uh, Charles Stanley says, walking in the will of God. Um, you know, uh, for me, uh, it, it's to, to honor God with all my pain, with all my hurt, with all my success, with all my gifts and talents and drama and trauma. I, I just want to be used by God. I want to know God uh, and help God be known and be used by God. That's my threefold plan with God. I want to know God. I want to help God be known. Uh, and I want to use be used by God. And so to me, that defines my uh, success. On a weekend when I do a class, what defines my success uh, is twofold. First of all, uh, what I put into it. Uh, did I give everything I could? Did I Was I fully available? And secondly, did I create an environment for people to get, to get everything they could? Now, whether they took advantage of that or not is not my problem. But did I create the environment? You see how those two are tied together? And so what we got to do is define it. What is it? And, you know, Nietzsche, who I don't care for who he was, Nietzsche, uh, and the reason I don't care for who he was, he, he was anti-God, uh, and Hitler liked him. And so those are two big negatives in my book. Uh, but he has one of my favorite quotes. And, you know, I always tell people the truth is the truth no matter where it comes from. Uh, Nietzsche said this, he who has a why can bear almost any how. He who has a why can bear almost any how. See, God's got me on a manna diet. We talked about manna, you know, what is it? Uh, and our journeys are different. And right now, God's got me on a manna diet where he wants me to trust in him. He's working on building my faith. And so uh, yesterday, uh, it was funny, when I uh, opened up my uh, bank account, uh, I had a dollar in our business account and $3 in our personal account. <gasps> and I laughed. I laughed. Because uh, I said, don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. Now, you know, I'm, I'm working on God being Jehovah Jireh. Uh, and so other people, I shared that with a couple of my good friends, and, and they panic. Like, oh, my gosh, let me get you some money. I go, that's really sweet, and I'll, I won't refuse your money. But I didn't send it to you so you can feel sorry for me. I sent it to you uh, because I wanted to show you that God has a sense of humor. He has me on a faith walk. Uh, and we had just sent out almost $2,000 to Africa because I, for one of my um, orphanages, we're getting, they've, uh, they haven't had healthy water, uh, and they've had their toilets shut down by the health department because they're unsanitary. So you've got these 30 kids that don't have a bathroom they can use, uh, and they go and drink sitting water that they have to boil. And so uh, I took two grand over this month and put it into Africa for this well that we're building in Uganda for one of my orphanages. Now, if I wouldn't have done that, uh, I would have $2,000 in my bank account, which is a nice cushion for me. But again, this is where it goes back. What is my it? My it is to be used by God. My it uh, is to help God be known. My it is to become closer to God. I want God to know me, not just me know God. And so all that is in line with my it. That's why yesterday when I opened my bank account between my two bank accounts, I had $4 in there. I laughed, not because it was funny, but because God is growing me. God is teaching me. See, God is building my it, and, and that's the key. And so I didn't feel bad. Uh, I didn't panic. Uh, I didn't this or that. And I had a, a guy, you know, I helped a lot of people for 30 years. And a guy zelled me $1,000 uh, to my bank account, so, you know. So it was, a, it was a nice gift. So I don't worry about that. 
I know God is a big God, and God is Jehovah Jireh. God owns all the cattle and all the hills. And if God wants me to have money, I'll have money. If God doesn't want me to have money, not because he's mean, not because he doesn't like me, because he's growing me, because he's teaching me, because he's making me dependent, then my faith is to trust in God and to know that I serve a good God. And so we got to figure out what is our it. You know, why do you get up each day, do what you do? What needs to happen for something to be a good day or a good week or a good month or a good year? Conversely, if something does happen, let's call it A, if A doesn't happen or if A does happen, does that make it a bad day? What makes something a bad day? What makes something a good day? What makes something a bad month? What makes something a good month? What makes something a bad year? What makes something a good year? What makes something a successful life? And what makes something an unsuccessful life? Because when you live your life like it matters, it does. But the key to every one of our lives is to figure out what is it? What is it? What brings you passion? What brings you joy? What puts a good tear in your eye? You know, if you took tears of joy and tears of sorrow and put them under a powerful enough microscope, it would break it down molecularly into the chemicals because the body releases 63 known chemicals. And you know, those tears are made up of different chemicals. And so you got to realize just because they're tears doesn't mean they're bad, doesn't mean they're good. They could be either, they could be both. Just like it. That it needs to be defined by you. Other words, how do you know if you've gotten it? So I'm Black. We'll be right back. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, I just don't understand. Uh, this doesn't make any sense to me. Get over it. in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Hi, this is Tim O. from the Kingdom Builders. You know, as I travel around the metro and surrounding area, I really enjoy meeting with you out there and hearing your stories. How many of you met, hearing about your family, sometimes your kids and your grandkids, and even some of the four-legged members of your family. It got me thinking about our faith family, us followers of Jesus. Have you ever considered the fact that as believers who have accepted Christ's payment on the cross for our sins, we have been adopted into his royal family? Royalty? Personally, that's kind of tough for me to grasp. But in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, the Apostle Peter wrote, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood called out of darkness into his light. We are God's own special people because we belong to him. This should positively affect how we live and how we love, not only those in our own family, but anybody we encounter. 
I hope this encourages you, and if so, feel free to email me at timo at thekingdombuilders.com or give us a call at 612-900-9166. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive, professional, communication training, to to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. I just wanted to call and remind you, you don't matter. Ouch. What is the problem? What is the problem? That's what we're here to talk about. I am black and you're under construction on the Like It Matters radio network where we are living life like it matters. And today we're talking about the purpose of our lives. And we're all created for a purpose. As a matter of fact, a great book, The Purpose Driven Life, a uh, man sold like 50 million copies in so many different forms because people are looking for a purpose. People are looking for a reason of why they are to get out of their bed, do what they do, go home at night and get up the next day and do it again and again and again. Uh, I was on Facebook with this person who was – she's ready to block me off her account because uh, we were talking about the vaccine and she's pro this vaccine. I'm against <clears throat> calling this thing a vaccine because it's not <clears throat> a vaccine. But she also went into abortion and I guess she's also pro-abortion. Uh, and one of the girls on there was talking about, well, yeah, how dare all these men get together and tell a woman what to do with her body? I'm like, it's not all these men. I go, it's 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 God the Father, God the Father, who tells us not to do this or that. And then she basically uh, said some different. I don't need to be a Bible thumper telling me this and that. And so I said, in all honesty, I said, I want to know if this world is screwed up, man is screwed up. We can both agree on that. Where's your hope? I said, no matter how screwed up things are, my hope is in God the Father and through his son, Jesus Christ. And so honestly, I'm, I'm not being mean. Uh, I'm not being condescending. Uh, I just want to know, where is your hope? And she came back flippantly and just, I mean, g- got real snarky with me in a mean attack. I'm like, wow, I-, I wasn't being mean. I wasn't being condescending. I was being honest. I was just curious. Uh, And undoubtedly, in your response, your terrier approach to response, I can see the answer. You have no hope. And see, this is the point. We can all be, uh, I'll say all we want here, but it is appointed for a man to die one time and then be judged. How dare you? Then comes the judgment. And God tells me, yeah, sorry, but it's the truth. The truth will set you free, but first it's going to make you miserable. Uh, and, and we are going to be held to account for our life. Now, uh, on this planet, uh, we do it uh, at the end of our life where we're in a box at the front of a room, and then a whole bunch of people get together and talk about us. 
they talk about. It's called a eulogy. It's called a, a, um, a sharing of life or a focus on life, whatever you want to call it. But we're basically, a lot of times, it's not the truth. It's just this flowery little thing that's made to end your life well. But I want to live my life in such a way that people are going to speak the truth at my funeral if I die before Christ comes back to rapture us. Uh, and and uh, if they speak the truth, I want to feel good about what they say. You know, for, for a lot of people, they don't know why they get up and do what they do. Uh, for some people, it's to have sex. For some people, it's to make stuff. For some people, it's to build their own kingdom. You know, I remember uh, Arturo Tuscanini, and I've shared this before, the great choral conductor. He was once conducting Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. And if you've ever uh, been in the flow, you know, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, a Russian physicist, wrote a book called Flow. Uh, and if you've never been in the flow, you won't know what I'm talking about. But if you've ever been in the flow, whether it's athletics, uh, uh, one-on-one interaction with somebody, where just everything's clicking, where you're hitting a home run with whatever you're doing, it is awesome. So, I mean, this is one of those nights where everybody, everything was, everything was perfect. Uh, the music was perfect. People were playing their best. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a home run. It's one of those walk off home runs where you don't have to run or anything. You're just enjoying it. It was one of those type of nights, and the orchestra was perfect, and the crowd. Yeah, the crowd went wild. I mean, they're cheering on. I mean, they almost sort of symphony in the presence of God. I mean, that's how good it was, and everybody could feel the electricity in the air. It was powerful. Uh, and the audience stood in a nonstop applause, a standing ovation that that they stayed standing until, yeah, it was big. And the orchestra, knowing that they had to stand up, they stood up and, and they took a bow and they looked at each other and they're glowing and they're feeling the, the love. And, I mean, they're really smelling themselves. And with that, uh, Tuscanini looked a little disturbed, looked a little, he looked a little irritated. He starts tapping his little baton uh, on the music stand, and and you could see he was a little agitated. Uh, and so they all sat down. Uh, wh- what was wrong? Tuscanini said it so eloquently. He said, "Gentlemen, gentlemen, I am nothing. You are nothing. Beethoven is everything. Everything." Everything. See, what Tuscanini was talking about is our it. See, that was what they were created for at that moment. These musicians, this conductor, to to pull that off. It was like Beethoven himself was performing what he had written with the finest of musical instruments. This is our it. You know, I, I really believe that. If anybody that's a child of God, let's be honest. You are nothing. I am nothing. Jesus is everything. Amen. Everything. And may we give him the glory. You know, I remember reading a story. I don't remember where I got this from. A friend was comforting the Reverend Richard Baxter, who died in the late 1600s. And on his deathbed, there was this remembrance of the good which many had received by the Reverend's great preaching and writings. And he was, uh, his friend was reminding uh, Mr. Baxter about his sermons and all that. This is a and man. Mr. Baxter, on his deathbed, yeah, knowing where he was going, said, I was but a pen in God's hand. And what praise is due to a pen, Right. 
That's where Jesus said a, a slave does what his master tells him to do. And you don't thank a slave for doing what the master tells him to do. In his classic work, The Master's Indwelling, uh, Andrew Murray illustrated this problem of being distracted. He said, quote, When a man is giving a lecture, he often uses a long pointer to indicate places on a map or a chart. Do people look at that pointer? No. That only helps to show them the place on the map. And they do not think of it. It might even be a fine gold, but the pointer cannot satisfy them. They want to see what the pointer points at. And for those of us that are children of God, the Bible is a pointer. It's pointing us to God. When Alexander Duff was home on furlough from India in 1834, he often visited missionary statesman William Carey. On his last visit before Carey died, Duff spent much of the time talking about Carey's work. Finally, Carey seemed to tire of it and whispered, pray. After Duff prayed, he arose to leave the room, but Carrie called him to his side and said, Mr. Duff, and he said it graciously, you have been speaking about Dr. Carey, Dr. Carey, Dr. Carey. He said, do me a favor. When I am gone, say nothing about Dr. Carey. Speak about Dr. Carey's Savior. So powerful. So powerful. I mean, think about Isaac Newton. I, I just read this. This is powerful. Isaac Newton, you know, he had a famed encounter with a falling apple, right? Newton discovered and introduced the laws of gravity in the late 1600s, right? And by the way, why does that matter? Because it revolutionized astronomical studies. And so anybody dealing with astronomy is really, really, really uh, touched, impacted by Isaac Newton. But I was reading this article, it said, but few know that if it weren't for Edmund Haley, you know, Haley's Comet, if it weren't for Edmund Haley, the world might never have learned from Newton. See, it was Haley who challenged Newton to think through his original notions. It was Haley who corrected Newton's mathematical errors and prepared geometrical figures to support his discoveries. It was Haley who coaxed the hesitant Newton to write his great work, Mathematical Principles of Natural Philosophy. It was Haley who edited and supervised the publication and actually financed its printing. Think about that. Even though Newton was far wealthier and easier could have afforded the printing cost, historians call it one of the most selfless examples in the annals of science. Newton began almost immediately to reap the rewards of prominence. And what did Haley get? He got a little bit of credit, very little. He did use the principles, though, to predict the orbit and return of the comet that would later bear his name. But only after his death did he receive any acclaim. And because the comet only returns every 76 years, uh, that notice is rather infrequent, right? <laughs> So Haley remembered a devoted scientist, uh, I'm sorry, Haley remained a devoted scientist who didn't care who received the credit as long as the cause was being advanced. See, that's our it. We've got to know why we're here. I mean, again, I hate to keep going back to the Bible. I'm just a man of God. So from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist's sole job was to prepare the way for Christ. He's the one in the wilderness crying and preparing a way 
for the one who would save the world from their sins, right? And it was John the Baptist who said of Jesus, he must become greater. I must become less. If you read the historical writings of Josephus, uh, John the Baptist, uh, as he calls him, John the Baptizer, was a rock star. And Jesus Christ is barely known. I think there's three or four times as much stuff written about John the Baptizer than Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, again, you can go through the book, Barnabas was content to introduce others to greatness, right? We got to realize what our it is. See, once we know what our it is, then everything else falls in place. We've got to ask those questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? If today was my last day on this planet, did it, get it? Did it matter one bit that I was given the gift of life? And today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm posing the question, what is the purpose of your life? We'll be right back. You know the thing. Who am I? I don't know. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. We're in this together, and we will get through this together. The vaccines are tested effective and needed. Welcome to the clinic with Charm. Get your COVID-19 vaccine so we can do this. And this. And this. We are now boarding flight. Together again. Because we got through it together. This message sponsored by the Helmsley Charitable Trust. Aired with the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and the station. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head 
BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Say, kids, what time is it? It's under construction time with the black man. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. And today, we are talking about the purpose of our life. And by the way, uh, this Thursday, just in a couple days, uh, I will be starting a Leadership Awakening here in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'll have, I think, 10 people. It'll become Team 227. Uh, and they will be asked over and over and over, what is their purpose? Why are they here? What do they want? Uh, and I can guarantee you, uh, in uh, a short period of time, My last day on this planet didn't matter one bit that I was given the gift of life. And see, this is the key, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to know who we are. We've got to know why we're here. And we've got to know whose we are. You know, I talk about logotherapy all the time. And logotherapy, is, we talk about it, it's about meaning. Dr. Viktor Frankl spent years in Auschwitz when the Nazis still ran it. He saw his pregnant wife slaughtered. He saw uh, mom and dad killed. And when the gates of Auschwitz would open up, he would say, I could tell who was going to make it. And by make it, he didn't mean uh, to get out of their life because that was out of the, outside of the realm of their control. What he meant was this. He said the Nazis could take our food. They could take our clothing. They could take our family. They could take our life. But they could not take our will. That had to be freely given. And so what Dr. Frankel came up with, the concept of logotherapy. It's, in other words, life has meaning under all circumstances, even the most miserable ones. And he realized that our main motivation for living is our will to find meaning in life. You know, he said that we have a freedom to find meaning in what we do and what we experience, or at least in the stand we take when faced with a situation of unchangeable suffering. And that's why, you know, a lot of people told me during this pandemic that, wow, it looks like the church has gotten a lot smaller. And I said, no, I don't think the church has gotten smaller. I think the real church has been identified, that we're just a remnant, that there have been a lot of people with one foot in and one foot out. And for a long time, for the last couple thousand years, we could do that. But now the time has changed. We're in a different time. We're at the terminal church with the, at the end. And so that's why you're seeing people have this no vaccine mandate, because it's not really a vaccine. I got polio vaccine, I got all that stuff, but this isn't a vaccine, this is a therapy. And this has stuff that we don't even know what's in it. Um, so you gotta figure out who you are. And by the way, according to Dr. Frankel, he says we can discover this meaning in our life in three different ways. Number one, by creating a work or doing a deed. Number two, by experiencing something or encountering someone. And number three, by the attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering. And that everything can be taken from a man but one thing the last of the human freedoms, 
is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. That's why I told you my favorite quote is by Dr. Viktor Frankl. He says, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power. It is your freedom. And one thing that I like to do is give you back your power and your freedom. See, I told those that listen to the show know that uh, I had a traumatic childhood. And for a long time, my uh, childhood was a big trauma in my life. But about four years ago, I buried my mom and my dad about eight months apart. And I had already forgiven my father. But a little bit before that, what really caused me to forgive him fully, even though I said I did, was that basically I had a conversation with God, and I heard this. And he said, God said to me, listen, if, I'm, if I can take all your pain and use it to help tens of thousands of others, was it worth it? And once I could answer that question clearly, yes. And the only way I could answer that question clearly, yes, is by knowing who I am, by knowing my it. See, for about 40 years of my life, my life was about me. And then for about five years after that uh, 40, maybe five to 10 years, I was in a transition figuring out that my life has to be more than about me. I want to impact people's lives. I want to be a difference maker. I want to know that my life had value. Because I I tell people all the time, I have some friends that don't believe in the rapture. That's unfortunate. And I'm like, man, how do you have hope? But I I, I believe, and the the reason they give that they don't believe in the rapture is they say, well, because um, we have tribulation in this life. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my life has been nothing but tribulation. I'm 55 years old, and I'd say of, of that 55 years, at least 45 of that 55 years has been tribulation. So my li- I know pain, but the difference is the great tribulation is called Jacob's trouble. The great tribulation is to deal with the Jews, to bring them back in the fold, and to deal with non-believers and the curse on this earth. Now, that's what God's purpose for that is. See, God is purpose-driven God. There are dispensations. Right now, we live in the time of the Gentiles. But soon, uh, this is going to wrap up with all the Gentiles that have been called, have been uh, claimed. Then we're going to go in the time of Jacob's trouble. And so what if you can look at your life as this time and you can draw that line in the sand and say maybe you're bringing to close an older time and now the rest of this time is now about how you to fulfill your purpose. You know, I've been paid a lot of money throughout my lifetime, and a lot of people want to know, I, I, I don't have a purpose. I don't know what my purpose is. Well, the purpose is best accentuated or explained in a mission statement. And a mission statement is important. It consists of three things. It's who you are, it's what you do, and the quality in which you do it. And so the best way to figure this out, if you, of course, is to go to my training. Go to likeitmatters.net. And I'll give you a 48-hour process that will forever change your life. But absence of you believing enough in yourself and wanting a real life change, you can do it slowly. You can do it your way. It's a lot slower. It won't have the impact. You'll get about 20% done that you could have done if you went through my class. But you're going to do what you're going to do. But what you do is this. If I was to go up to the person who knew you better than anybody else and said to give me five words to describe you, what would you want those five words to be? Now, I didn't ask you what would those five words be. I said, what would you want those five words to be? So whatever words you were to say after that, those are key values in your life. 
And so those key values in your life can really tell you a lot about yourself. And what I would do is identify those five key values and then ask myself this question, what kind of purpose, what kind of person has those values? And I would start taking a look at who am I? Who am I? Are you a child of God? Or are you a child of the world? Uh, are you a difference maker? Are you a giver? Or are you a taker? Are you here to serve other people? Or are you here to be served? How do you judge your life? How do you know if you've had a good day? Or a good week? Or a good month? Or a good year? Or a good life? What needs to take place? And then take a look at your roles. Now, what are the roles that you play in life? You know, for me, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a radio show host, I'm a counselor, uh, I'm an ATM machine, I'm a taxi cab driver, got my point. Uh, I, I, I'm a lot of things. But if I identify all my roles and then I ask myself, what are the most important roles? What are the roles that I get the most satisfaction from? And I can tell you, for the first uh, probably 40 years of my life, I would tell you the greatest role in my life was a father. But that has changed, and it's probably because I'm in a different time. My kids are in a different time and all that. But my greatest role now, i got to be honest with you, is a conduit for, for, for God. That's my greatest role. I, I know what I want to hear at the end. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. I want to have a massive crown with tons of jewels in them that have tens of thousands of people's names that I got to be used by God to share the truth of the love of Christ. I know I'm just going to toss it at the feet of Jesus on the sea of glass. I get that. But I want to know that I, I made this left this world a bit better, whether by a healthy child and garden patch redeemed social condition, right? That's, that is a, a definition of success. But mine is, how many people did I lead in the kingdom? How many people's bird did I help carry? How many times did I put the needs of others before my own needs? How many times did I turn the other cheek? How many times did I love my wife, even when she wasn't lovable? But yet I loved her like Christ loved me, like Romans 5.8 says, right? While we were still sinners, God demonstrated his love by dying for us, right? That's the love that we're supposed to have, men, for our wives. The Bible says to love our wives like Christ loved the church. That means even when they're not lovable. So how many of the unloved did I love on? How many times did I turn the other cheek? How many times did I not keep a record wrong when my flesh is telling me keep a record wrong? How many times? You see what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? When you know what your life is about, then what to do is not as complicated. So the question today is, what is the purpose of your life? You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Have a point. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Whoops. Right now, people are home with their pets more often, and I think especially with the shedding, they're more cognizant of what's going on and that it's an actual issue. Nala's got some skin issues. He gets really going and scratching. Excessive shedding, a lot of just scratching and itching. Digging, scratching and itching and biting. On top of that, he was starting to get black buildup in his ears. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
I just heard the Dynavite commercial so many times that I said, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I ordered it and tried it, and it worked. We started Dynavite and in our first box, we noticed a difference, especially with the shedding. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. We've got four dogs, all different ages, all different sizes, and they've all just responded really well to the Dynavite, and they all love it. We will be using Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. We order our Dynavite from Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Ringing. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.